As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's podcast is presented by Racing RVs. Based near Dayton, Ohio, Racing RVs is your source for quality newer used trucks, motorhomes, and trailers. Whether you're buying, selling, or trading, make Racing RVs your first call. Today's podcast is also brought to you in part by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. You're probably familiar with thisisbracketracing.com, but if you're ready to take your on-track game to the next level, you need to check out the This Is Bracket Racing Elite membership community. Welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. Introducing your hosts, the multi-time world champion, Cool Hand Luke Bogacki, and the golden voice of drag racing, Big Jed, Jared Pennington. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. Thank you for finding us wherever you find your podcast and allowing us to be a small part of your day. The Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast will be a weekly review of what's happening or what has happened in sportsman racing. Luke and I will be talking about all of the hottest topics, drivers, and events in racing today. So, Luke, let's talk about it. What's going on, bud? Man, just hanging out in uh, in beautiful Las Vegas. It's uh, it's move-in day here at the Spring Fling Million. It's uh, it's pretty cool. The excitement's already in the air as we're recording this. It's it's Monday afternoon here local time, and I guarantee you there are 250, maybe 300 cars on the premises, and you can already kind of feel that it's going to be a cool week out here. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm seeing a lot of Facebook activity, and a lot of folks seem to be there already, and still a lot headed that way. So it's it's going to be another great event. It looks like. All that's missing is you, buddy. That, that'll change well, uh, soon, won't it? Yeah, I'll hop on a big bird uh, about 2.40 Wednesday afternoon and should be there in about four hours. That's the, It took me longer to get here. 
Everybody's talking about how hard a trip it is. It's not that bad at all. It takes about four hours. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. I hate I won't have my hot rod out there, but, uh, you know, that's not easy to get your car from Alabama to Vegas. So just be announcing this weekend and uh, going to have a good time. Absolutely. Today, Jed, we got a we got a big show on tap with three, count them three, and HRA divisional events last weekend from all over the country. We yep. do have a winner for the last big thing, so we'll roll mm-hmm. that out today. But I, I think before we get to any of that, Big Buck Racket Racing last weekend, there was several events across the country, but obviously the big one was the Powerball in uh, in Darlington, South Carolina. Yeah, it was absolutely uh, the biggest and baddest race going on over the weekend, and um, I, uh, I I see a lot of a lot of good talk about how the event flowed and the way Wesley and Kyle handled everything. So it looked like another another job well done by those guys. Yeah, I've heard, I've talked to a handful of people personally that were there, and like you've seen a lot of Facebook posts, nothing but praise for those guys. And let's be honest, like I just, I looked at it on Drag Story, the car count in Thursday's 50 grander was 250, I believe. Friday's 50 grander, 261 came up just a little bit. Most of the the folks on the premises were in the big show. Uh, they had 233 in the Powerball. But what was that race originally for 450 entrants? Yeah, I knew it was 400 plus, so... So, um. obviously, it fell well short of the goal. I didn't crunch the numbers on it, uh, and I real like, I'm not, don't get me crying the blues for a race promoter, like, it's a risk, you know that, in yes. any type of business that you go into, and obviously, if it's a full 450, whatever car field, those guys stood, Kyle and, and Wesley stood to make a lot of money, but at 250, I, I don't think it's any shock to anybody listening, like, I think that they lost money I didn't didn't run the numbers I don't know how significant and what's significant to me may not be significant to somebody else but it's safe to say that they came out on the wrong end of the stick and I can look at that from from two perspectives number one and I know that you're with me here is somebody that has put on a race you realize way more so when you're on that side of the pay window how much work and stress is involved in that yeah. And you deserve to be compensated for your time. You know what I mean? I, I realize Absolutely. it's a risk deal, but I hate to see any race promoter anywhere lose money to work as hard as you got to work to make that happen. But what it all comes down to as a racer now with all of these, you know, by racers, four racers event, and we've talked about how we're in the golden age of that type of event and how we're so spoiled as, as competitors but choosing what races to go to really comes down to trust. Like, how much do you trust the guys that are putting the race on? And for what these guys did to just stand up and say, look, we guaranteed 250 grand to win on Saturday, and we guaranteed 250 granders. And from every account that I've gotten, they paid that purse from top to bottom all the way down. Like, you can't yeah. go further as far as building trust for the future than doing that. Like it's, uh, I, you, it's, it's stand up on Kyle and Wesley's behalf to do everything that they said they'd do, and obviously it didn't go as well as they wanted. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Luke. Um, you know these guys. When you put the word guaranteed out there, a lot of people, a lot of promoters, a lot of tracks, they they misuse that word sometimes guaranteed with this amount of cars well that's not guaranteed mm-hmm. these guys guaranteed it so they said they would do and probably most likely more 
Yeah, Luke, I, I couldn't agree more. The word guarantee gets misused by track owners and promoters at times. Uh, they say guaranteed with this amount of cars. Well, that's not really guaranteed. You know, uh, Kyle and Wesley said, if we open the gates, this is how much money we're paying, no matter how many is there. They did exactly that and probably more, if I know those guys well enough. Um, I heard that from the people that were there that it was all smiles and thank yous to the racers for coming. And, uh, you know, they, they put on the same face that they do when things are going well. So kudos to those guys. Uh, I haven't run the numbers. None of my business, whether they made money, lost money. Uh, I don't count it when they make it, and I don't count it when they lose it. And I've been asked by a lot of people, hey, what do you think? Hey, How'd that go for them? Did they lose? Did they win? No idea. I'm not counting their money, but I know they did a job that they were there to do and did it well. So yeah, uh, congrats to those guys. Everything that I've heard, not only you know, impressed that there was no cuts, no added buybacks, no added double end, you know, I mean, all the stuff that you could do to try to save uh, face. But yep. in addition, like that the race was really well run and smooth. And obviously those two guys are in this for the long haul. And I think that that's going to pay dividends for them in the long run. More racers realize that, and that trust builds. It's just going to—it's going to be good for the future. I, I trust that, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so. To the results, uh, there was a, was a big weekend for some guys, and it started off with their warm-up race on Tuesday, where uh, G Dub uh, actually picked him in the big show. He didn't win the big show, but uh, he did win the gamblers' race, and uh, Sugar Shane won the dragster shootout over Bobby Moat. Yeah, yeah, that was back on Tuesday, which seems like a on month Tuesday. ago. It was about a week. <laughs> yeah, it does. So um, I think Wednesday was a complete washout in Darlington. It was scheduled for a 20 grander. Uh, I don't believe anything at all got done, and if I understood it right, there was uh, an entry credit credited back to everybody that was entered in the 20. They just waxed that race out completely, went right yeah. into uh, Thursday's 50 grander, which was a door car winner. A little, uh, better yet, a Vega door car winner. <laughs> a black Vega. I'm a little partial to the Vegas, but uh, Max Brewer took down the uh, the $50,000 top prize with a win over David Dean, David Dean Dragster Racer from that area, who I think won the Sunday at the World Series of Bracket Racing. He was in the final, for sure. It was like 3 in the morning. My memory was getting a little hazy, but I know he was yeah. in deep. Uh, he actually took me out late in that race, so no stranger to uh, to late rounds there. And Max's teammate, another Black Vega, Dave Triplett, was the lone semifinalist. So that was a that was a big day for those yeah. guys. Yeah, those guys come in the same trailer at times, and uh, that was almost uh, the dream, you know, storybook final round there. But they broke it out just a few thousand in the semis so congrats to max a uh, likable guy and uh, happy to see him get a big win after sticking uh, the little vega in the wall late last year got it all cleaned up and fixed up and got a huge win and friday's 50k was uh, lee dixon over josh enroth another couple of guys who do their share of winning and uh, lee with another huge payday there for him that was a big day yeah, Lee's based out of Maryland, is that correct? I think so. I think so. Obviously, Josh, okay. Mississippi runner, part of the uh, Mississippi All-State team. But, uh, yeah, heck of a final. They were both 002. Josh was a few thou under. I think Lee looks like maybe a slight drop to two above zero. So both guys were on it there. And that uh, 
that led us into the the main event. Here we go. Saturday. Here we go. Two hundred and fifty thousand dollar to win main event. And if those of you that listened to the last show know that Jed and I picked a, a squad kind of of what five guys each that we thought yeah could get this done guys. and 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 could win it. And as a matter of fact, like two or three of my five didn't even show up. <laughs> I, I picked some guys off the entry list, which I can't say much. I was on the entry list, and obviously I'm in Las Vegas. But uh, I picked some guys on the entry list, like Scotty Richardson. Well, he was putting on a, a big race at Clay City last weekend. I, I know he wasn't uh, in Darlington. I saw that Wes May was with you in Huntsville. Uh, he was one of my picks. He wasn't in Darlington. but uh, No, no, Wes was there. Wes was at Darlington. Yes, he was at Darlington. He made the yeah. trip from Darlington to Huntsville. Uh, he might have come over on Sunday. I don't know. Okay, maybe I was confused. I saw a time slip that I thought was from Huntsville, but maybe he was at Darlington all weekend. So, shows yeah, he what was. I know. <laughs> at, at any rate, the $250,000 winner was a guy that I told you guys to watch out for. He did. Cameron Manuel got the win over red, red hot Nick Hastings. Quite a final, yeah. too. It really, I don't know. We'll, we're actually going to have Cameron on here shortly. We we said last week we would try to get the winner of the Powerball on. Text back and forth a little bit with Cameron this morning. He's going to oblige us by uh, by joining us in just a few minutes. So we'll ask him for more of the details. But typically, in a race with that much money on the line, the purse gets cut up fairly early. So not knowing any of the details, and again, it's none of our business, really. But I thought we'd cover the, the late rounds. Uh, I, I picked up copy pasted the results here from uh, 11 cars remaining which was actually seventh round of eliminations saw jeff sarah knock off kb kb was another one of uh, one of my picks team luke uh yep. nasty nick 005 on the tree to beat out andre nunez the freaking reekin cameron that round was a uh, 006 dead on to knock out ricky adkins i saw ricky had went deep in another race too i think he may have been the lone semifinalist in friday's 50 grander Ricky, again, no stranger to uh, to late rounds and big checks. Rob, is it you're the you're the announcer here, Leipziger? I, I call it Leipziger, but okay. I, I'll go I with mean, that. Man, who knows? That's that's a tough one. <laughs> he was a round seven winner over. Uh, sorry, I don't have first names here. Jay Warders. Uh looks like a dragster dog four sixties. Jeffrey Dobbins, who was not one of my official picks, but one of the other guys I told you to keep an eye on. He got the win at 11 cars with a perfect reaction time over George Hoff, representing the door cars. And the buy run at 11 yep. was uh, was one of your Alabama slammers, Kevin Pruitt. Looks like in the in the wagon? Yep, Kevin was in the wagon, um, performing well as always. The round of, I guess, eight, but it was uh, quarterfinals. It was uh, Hastings again with uh, another fine trees, 003. He went nine above to... Uh, Leipziger's 003 and well over, you know, two and a half tenths or so over the dial. I'm not sure what happened there. Kevin Pruitt with a 14 dead on over Sarah's 009 and one above. And Cameron was seven dead five to Jeffrey Dobbins nine dead six. So yeah, the pretty tight around there. Yeah, pretty tight racing right there and. Uh, I don't know what splits and all that were either, but I did see somebody post on Facebook that they made it into the split at 22 cars. So I imagine, you know, it was cut up fairly well. But I do know that the guys that finished in the last couple of rounds were paid extremely well. So Yeah, as would typically be the case in any race that's guaranteed $250,000 to win. No doubt. Uh, so the semis brought us two door cars, one drag extra, Cameron going 440s. 
Kevin Pruitt in a Chevy 2 Wagon, the 576, and Hastings in the T-1000, correct? Yep. The T-1000 has just wrecked the world in for the last two months. Uh, yes. And he had the bite of the final. Cameron was uh, 15 dead on to knock out Pruitt. It was 23, one above. So final round matchup, Cameron Manuel and his American Race Cars Dragster dialed 446. Nick Hastings, Nasty Nick in the T-1000 dialed 621. Both left the line 008. Hastings goes 18 thousandths over. Manuel goes 14 thousandths over. So win by four thousandths of a second and the $250,000 main event check. Went home to North Carolina with Cameron Manuel. Another big win for him, for sure, but that was a that's a life changer there. That's huge. No doubt, no doubt. And while you and I could gas bag about this for a while and dream about what it's like to win $250,000 <laughs> in one drag race, or at least a race that was advertised to pay $250,000, I'd rather talk to somebody that's actually done it. So let's get Cameron on the line here. We'll bring in just recently, within the last, what, 48 hours, Powerball $250,000 main event champion, Cameron Manuel. You wanna make it in a song to do the Justin Lamb. Win a bunch of races and you do it with the fam. You do the Kevin Brandon, lay the smack across the land. Then you do the L ride and you come out like the world champ. All right, joining us now is the man of the hour. A guy that is no stranger to big buck final rounds or final rounds in any category that he chooses to run, but part of a life changing event. And come out on top, the $250,000 Powerball of Bracket Racing winner, Cameron Manuel. Cameron, thanks for joining us. I'm happy to do it. Yeah, man, congratulations. And I don't want to take a bit of the shine off of your accomplishment because you are the man. But last episode, we picked, like, we had a little draft and we picked five guys each that we thought could win. <laughs> And I called it, big guy. You, you, you made me look good. I mean, you made you look awesome. But uh, proud of you, and, and I will say, I, I had faith in you from the get-go. So congratulations, man. I do appreciate it. I actually, I just heard about it last night. Uh, I had missed y'all's podcast last week. Uh, I was busy uh, down in Darlington, but I, I went back and listened to it last night, and I'd heard that you had said my name for one of the possibilities of winning it. You probably had more faith in me than I had in myself. <laughs> <laughs> Seen you do it too many times, man. But like I say again, congratulations. Obviously, you are extremely accomplished in various forms of racing, whether it's 890, 990, bracket racing, long track, short track, whatever. Basically, if, if it involves selecting a dial-in, you have done it. But in terms of at least money won, this is obviously the biggest win of your career. Take us through the day a little bit. How did it all uh, shake down? It started off rough, to be honest with you. <laughs> they gave us a time run, which originally going into it, I thought was going to be a great idea. So I could get clean hits and, and everything. And actually, it, it was a horrible idea because <laughs> both my hits on the tree did not make sense compared to the rest of the runs I had oh. the previous days. So it set me up kind of off kilter, I would say, going into the first round. And I actually, in the car I won in, I let go. I thought, fine, first round. I am nine red. Mm-hmm. And have to go to the re-entry round. And I had, I couldn't, I ended up having to cover up my bulb with, I think I put 12 in it to set up three, which was about eight more than I had the entire weekend. Mm-hmm. And it was a, uh, I lucked up in the re-entry round. But I felt, again, I felt like I hit it. 
I'm 19. <laughs> As my man, right? Yep, my man is double O and just happens to go under a couple thou. And so it was after that point that I told myself, I said, you know what? I just have to trust that what I did the other days does make sense. And I tossed out the 10 red, rolled it right back out and said, well, it is what it is. I'm not going to win being high team at this race anyway. So I, uh, just went for it at that point. And I was set up, I think off that hit seven or eight red the rest of the race, but it just happened to work out. I would say so. Very cool. Were you running two dragsters? Yes. Yes. yes I ran both my cars. I was actually doing better in my other car. Uh, on that day, I just happened second round. I think it was. I had the tree and get down there and feel like I'm Superman driving the stripe and uh, screw it up and land two pal behind. And I think that's probably what ended up pushing me to have the confidence to rip those numbers back out of the play box just because I was kind of frustrated with how I was driving. So I figured, what do you do? Just go for it. Sound like it worked out. Cameron, we're not uh, definitely not trying to get into any numbers. We're not interested in what money anybody got. But yeah, just uh, when did the split start? I, I saw somebody post on Facebook they made it to the split at 22 cars. I, I wasn't sure if that was accurate or not. But that Yes, that is accurate. I, originally, going into it, I figured it would be about the 10 to 12 car limit is about when the split normally happens. But Wesley came up, we were at 22, and Wesley came up, came up and kind of started asking people, would you be interested in a split? And the reason for it was, he said, well, if you don't split now, next round it's 11. So the buy car pretty much isn't going to split. Mm-hmm. So now you're going to six cars before there's a split. So if we didn't do anything at 22, so what we ended up doing is everyone pretty much agreed to a split. Then it took 30 minutes to actually get some real numbers on paper. <laughs> Mm-hmm. to move forward but we they did a split at that point for at 22 cars and then 11 and then they said okay when you get to six rework then y'all can, yeah you can rework it for the rest of the race because obviously you'd have to do six and then three at least two of the finals because at three the buy cars again not going to do anything right so now you uh, you knew what you was racing for you you were there for a monster payday but when they take whatever 22 guys have our cumulative number, you had to look at that number and go, oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, it, it was astronomical. I remember I, uh, Wes was like, well, we have, I think I think the number was like $381,000. I remember I was standing next to KB, and we looked at each other. He said, I mean, how can you be greedy with $381,000 on the table? <laughs> my goodness. So it was just, I mean, you're arguing over numbers, and it's that big of a number. Yeah. It's just like, Wow. Yeah, that's what I always say, like, at the at the million each year. Like, I'm not that greedy. Like, I don't have to win. I just want to be one of the ones that gets to talk about it later. You know? <laughs> that, that was the thing. Everyone asked me, were you stressed in the finals? I was like, no, that part was easy. Actually, winning at 11 cars to go to six, because, you know, that's when the big split happens. Mm-hmm. I think there was $307,000 left at that point wow. to then split up. Mm-hmm. That was the big jump. From 11 to 6. So that's yeah. the one where once you get to that point, it's almost a relief because you know what? Well, you covered the weekend and plus plenty. So you're kind of racing for gravy at that point. Mm-hmm. You're, you're kind of doing for for the prestige. And then you went on covered every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's yeah. easy to, to say, I think, whether you've been in that situation or not, that 
like it's still just a drag race you know what i mean and you just have to take the money out of it and race like you would any other race from your perspective having just been there how easy is that to actually do it is and it isn't i would say that the one point that i thought about the money and this sounds completely weird at three cars i had kevin pruitt and i let go and i was like wow that was not great <laughs> and i and i remember i took my hand off the steering wheel and reached up to bump and the only thing i could think of was i think it was 50 to lose at that point i was like that's fifty thousand dollars i can't touch this button <laughs> and i just I reached back down and grabbed the steering wheel I was like i'm just gonna live i'll, I'll live with it and so that was the one moment <laughs> wow. that the money actually popped in my head on you, you can't touch that button. <laughs> That's a heck of a time for to be thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, and it was the yeah. right call. Which I guess you probably had room to bump your 15, but it worked, right? Correct. I, I, if I would have bumped, it would have been 10 So because I had five in my bump. But I, I knew it wasn't good. And even after <laughs> I left, I was like, you really should have bumped that. <laughs> but I just, convincing yourself to do it in that moment was not good. It looks like, at least just looking at probably the last four or five rounds on paper, it looks like your car was phenomenal. And I assume that that gave you some confidence at three anyway, because you know to, to win it, you're going to have to beat two slower door cars. Correct. My car was actually very good. Both my cars were fantastic all weekend. I was letting them down. The only round at all, all weekend, they got me was tw- at 12 cars on Friday. I had AJ Ash, I think. And my car had been printing, printing, but we had heavy wind and my car just shifted. And for whatever reason, the wind kind of bothered it and I felt it. And I think I was two hundredths off the dial. But other than that, my stuff, I haven't really went back and looked at 330s, but I bet that I didn't bury six thou the entire day to 330. That's awesome. Yeah, really good. Obviously, Cameron, you are no stranger to, to big dollar final rounds. And we had talked about a little bit... Um, off air, but uh, the last time that they had a big race in Darlington, you staged up in the final for $100,000 to win. So this was not uncharted territory. How good did you feel about just coming into Darlington again, obviously having that kind of success there? And what would you have put the odds at as to being in that situation again? I felt good going into Darlington. For whatever reason, when I left last November, I felt on that whenever the 100 grander was, I felt great. I mean, I felt like I could tear the tree up. Everything. Then we start this race. And on Tuesday, they had a dragster race, I think. And I was like, all right, I'll enter that. I mean, I feel great about it. And I had Shane Carr first round, and he absolutely destroys me. He is nine total. I'm 12 at the tree and wasting fuel. (laughs) And I was like, wow, this weekend just not going to go the way that one did. So uh, I ended up, I got out of the car and threw my little brother in it and said, you, you go for it because I'm not doing a good job at this. And he ended up, I think he ran it up to Gary that race in the uh, gambler's race that night. Mm-hmm. But if you'd asked me then my odds on that race, I would have told you not very good. <laughs> uh, I didn't really feel confident in the 250 until probably fourth round. I think I had Ivy third round and I felt like I finally got, got a hold of the tree and car was doing what it's supposed to i kind of felt like okay maybe i got a shot here if i pull in the lanes correctly so you did just that you know a lot of talk cameron is a lot of talk's been said about kyle and wesley and you know this not going exactly the way they planned or envisioned it but they did everything they said they would do and probably more like i said if i know those guys like i think i do what 
you've you've been to a lot of their races already, and obviously this being the biggest. What are your thoughts on those guys right now? What 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 are you thinking about SFG Promotions? They do a fantastic job. Um, they literally did everything they said. I mean, they did the uh, I think the fifty dollars for the first few losers each day. Uh, door cars and dragsters and Kyle was down there every time handing out money. It definitely, the weekend didn't go as they planned, I'm sure. Uh, I know they were a little short because I think they only had like 233 cars for the big race. Uh, I'm not sure what it really took for their numbers to kind of break even, but I, I'm sure that number wasn't 233. And I hate that they didn't get that support because they definitely do a fantastic job for the uh, big money bracket racing crowd or the bracket racing crowd in general. I wish more people would support them. I'm sure the weather and the time of year kind of hurt them, but it is yeah. all their events have been fantastic. I've been to all of them so far, and they've all been fantastic. Cameron, a, a, a main topic consistently of our discussion here is the, the All-State race in Memphis, partially because it's kind of a brainchild of our talks back in what december and january but i gotta ask like are you i haven't seen the north carolina team released are, are you a member of team north carolina are you planning on uh, on making the trip to memphis i was uh we've actually uh, danny talked to me today about it and oh, that's right. danny asked me if captain, i would right? mm-hmm. waters correct mm-hmm. yes uh he asked me if i would be a part of the team and uh, i told him as of right now i don't think i have anything on that weekend i was already looking at the race on going on that weekend Mm -hmm. just in general so uh as of right now i'm trying to make plans to go but you know how plans change sometimes but for right now i'm planning on trying to make it very good very good yeah actually i'm going back through my text with dw he had a few of his of your potential north carolina teammates uh named team north carolina there's a couple up in the air but he had steve foley as the bottom bobber lauren freer as the lady contestant, Chad Duke, top bulb door car, and DW himself in 890. So I would say, especially if you could add your name to that list, uh, North Carolina would definitely be a force to be reckoned with out there at the Allstate. I'm sure we would at least give it a go. That's all you could ask for. Speaking a little bit of the Allstate, I had a, I guess it was a, a friendly conversation today via text now that I look back at it. Jed, you know how like sometimes it's hard to take texts, you know, like you don't know exactly where oh, it's going? Oh, yeah. Particularly when you, like, I, I would consider Tom Stalba a friend, but, like, I don't talk to him every day. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't know him that sure. well. Like, it started off, like, hostile. Like, yeah, I'm captain in New Jersey. We're going to come take all your damn money. You know, something to that effect. <laughs> uh, like, he was a little bit irate, like, going back four months to some race that I picked against him in, in the All-State competition. And he kind of let me uh, hear it uh, to the point that I was <laughs> like, wow, I don't know if Stolba and I are like buddies anymore. And then it, it freed up and he was joking. But yeah, he gave me a little <laughs> insight on Team New Jersey too. And that same deal as, as the NA North Carolina. He hasn't got everybody committed to make the trip. But just keep your eye on Team New Jersey too. I think what he already had committed was himself, Cisco, Lee Zane, Anthony Fetch, Heather Fetch. With oh, a couple open oh. spots, that's uh, Team New Jersey's looking pretty stout too. <laughs> yeah, North Carolina is going to be stout. New Jersey's going to be stout, and and insert state name here is going to be stout. This is going this is going to be awesome to watch play out. And Cameron is able to make it for his team, and 
obviously Stalba and his team and looking forward to the Alabama Slammers and everybody that's coming is going to be really cool. Cameron, uh, I assume that you are, are resting comfortably in, in North Carolina as we speak. Yes. Yes, I am. So uh, not <laughs> making the trip, the Ironman trek from, from Darlington to Las Vegas. Uh, obviously, that's where I'm at. We, we talked about it a little bit earlier on the show. It's already kind of an electric atmosphere out here. Without having any more uh, information than you do, like is there anybody that you've got a feeling about, anybody that you would uh, throw your chips in the ring for a, a long shot pick to, uh, to win the Spring Fling Million out here? Well, I, I mean, I would have to go with KB. Anytime KB's in a big race, I'm not going to bet against him. I watched how he was driving this weekend. He was driving phenomenal. He just had just little things go wrong to go against his way. But, I, I mean, I don't see how I can bet against KB. I'm heavy on the KB train, so I Ooh, Good like choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know KB's flying out here driving uh, Justin Lamb's cars, so certainly a, mm-hmm. uh, a force to be reckoned with anywhere and in any car. So, yeah, good pick all the way around. What's next for you, Cameron? Where are you headed next? I think I'm going to race uh, locally for the next few weeks until the spring fling at Galat, and then I'll run that race. I think uh, me and my wife are going to vacation a little bit until June comes around, and then I think I'm planning on going to Montgomery, I think, for the Super 7s and hitting uh, Scott's race at uh, Huntsville and a couple things like that in uh, June. Gotcha. Bracket race focus this season. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, it's just we kind of talked this winter, and it's hard for me to justify spending the amount of money and time to go NHRA racing for what it costs when I can spend about the exact same thing to go to a big money race race every single day for 10 times the amount of money. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to do. Yeah, no, I definitely agree in large part and can definitely see that. So. Again, cameraman, thank you for for coming on with us and telling us a little bit about your big day. Again, for Jed and I and for everybody listening, man, congratulations! Awesome performance, absolutely. And uh, and thanks for kind of taking us inside the cockpit there and uh, and uh, a little bit of inside baseball stuff. That was fun. Thank you very much for having me on. We want to do what we always do with our interviews, Cameron, wrap it up real quick with what we call rapid fire. We're going to throw five questions at you, (laughs) and we just, you know, quick whatever answer pops up in your head, we want to to hear what you got. So, you ready? All right. Cameron, what do you do when you're not racing? Work right now. What kind of work? What do you do? Well, I actually work for uh, both – my my parents and my in-laws, I do some accounting work for both of their companies. Oh, cool. Oh, so you'll have no problem figuring out what to do with however much money you just want. <laughs> a little, well, little accounting background. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, we're all stressing over taxes. <laughs> I bet. I bet. <laughs> Favorite movie? Let's say Fast and the Furious. The original. Okay. Now, you've driven fast with windows and without windows. You had to pick what do you choose what would you like the most door car or dragster if i'm picking just going down the track uh i enjoyed racing a door car going on the track it's just more of a, a fun ride and just kind of a, it does its its thing i mean it, it's it's enjoyable but to really have fun it, it's fast to go 180 mile an hour in a door car yeah i'm sure all right cameron you just won the powerball where are you taking everybody for dinner Japanese. Japanese, cool. Oh, Japanese. 
and Cameron, you're a fairly quiet guy. You don't make a lot of noise, but, but there's got to be a song that when you hear it, you crank it up. What was the last one that you cranked up? To be honest, my wife has been playing uh, PJ's HGH song recently, <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> Funny awesome. how PJ just gets stuck on the brain, you know? Shout out to yeah. PJ. <laughs> it does happen. Very good. So, Cameron, again, congrats. I know that uh, your Facebook or your text or everything you got is lit up unbelievably right now, but... From all of us here that's involved in the podcast, all the listeners, I know they all feel the same way. Congrats, man, on a, a monster accomplishment, and thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Thank you, guys. Y'all have fun in Vegas. All right, man. Take care. Thanks, Cameron. Job well done, buddy. Thank you. This is my moment. I'll be all about that All right, guys, I want to talk just a minute about racing RVs. Uh, they're located in Dayton, Ohio. It's easy to get to. They're right off Interstate 70, about 15 miles west of I-75. And right now, I know I've said this for a few weeks, but they have inventory. I mean, tons of inventory today to the point that you can probably get a really good deal because they're a bit overstocked. This season, like in years past, Joe Fisher and I are teaming up for three to four premium used units with functions that fit the needs of racers like me and you. This RV that I'm in right now here in Las Vegas, it's a 2002 Renegade. It's got a 26-foot box. It's got a 430-horse cat diesel on a Columbia chassis. It's been really well kept. It's a nice piece. Joe's got it listed on RacingRVs.com for $94.9. But once again, the LBM Special, the Luke Bogacki Motorsports Special, is just $91.5. We've had several calls. I've had several people walk through it since we've been here in Vegas, but no buyer just yet. If you're interested... Give me a call. It won't last long at this price. 256-679-8328. Or again, you can see detailed images of this particular coach or any of the coaches on the lot at RacingRVs.com. In addition to Racing RVs, I want to take just a minute to talk about ThisIsBracketRacing.com. This is Bracket Racing is a website that I personally launched a little over eight years ago. Over those eight years, we've helped literally thousands of racers realize and reach their on-track potential. On This Is Bracket Racing, we offer written training columns, video trainings, in addition to a ton of excellent free content. Like, don't feel like you have to be a member or of ThisIsBracketRacing.com or ThisIsBracketRacing Elite to jump on the website and get some really good stuff out of it. If you enjoy, and more importantly, benefit from some of the material that's on This Is Bracket Racing, I'd be willing to bet that you will love This Is Bracket Racing Elite. Elite is a fairly new program that already has a great following of racers just like you. The This Is Bracket Racing Elite community is an exclusive membership community in which I work closely with a fairly small group of racers. Our members are all at different stages of their race careers. Some have never won a race. Others are defending division champions. But every elite member shares a common goal, to continue to improve on the racetrack with every single run. We are currently accepting new members. You can learn more at thisisbracketracing.com. Big Jed, we talked about the Powerball in Darlington, but there was a lot of racing basically coast-to-coast last weekend. You were in Huntsville for the Drive for Five is the the event, correct? Yes, sir. The Huntsville Engine Drive for Five. Andy and Bones, guys at Huntsville Engine, helping T.T. Jones put on a, a nice big bracket race that's affordable. 
Uh, you pay a hundred dollars to race if you get there on Friday. You pay a hundred dollars to race if you get there on Saturday, or you pay a hundred dollars to race if you get there on Sunday. So if you get there Friday, you just get more racing for your hundred bucks. <laughs> Five grand a day pays back well. Really good race, uh, well attended. I think uh, their high car count was about 260, which is uh, good. They also had probably 25, 30 juniors. So well attended race again. Um, another job well done. Perfect weather. And it started out Friday with a guy that's uh, on fire, uh, Bo Boatner, the pool boy from Scottsboro, Alabama, near your former Alabama hometown over another guy that's red hot, especially at Huntsville Dragway, Mark Woods, took the runner-up spot. But Bo, man, this guy is crushing it right now. Who's hotter, Bo Boatner or Nick Hastings? Well, I would have to say uh, Nick's obviously collected more payday, but just wind lights, it's probably Bo right now. I mean, yeah, the guys. They're neck and neck to me. Like, I feel like to, in, in large part, Nick's done it on a little bit bigger stage, particularly yeah. last weekend. And I would, particularly with the windfall last weekend, Nick's made more money. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but as well as Nick has performed and, and his results have been incredible, like, He's gone really deep everywhere, but he hasn't been winning. You know, I mean, he's got the runner-up in the Powerball. He's yeah. runner-up at Tentuck, runner-up at Rockingham, semi at Rockingham. I mean, just deep rounds everywhere he goes. But Bo's been finishing the deal for. And I say on on a, a little bit smaller stage, like the the DragRaceResults.com series is not a small stage. That that was a huge win. He has what a runner-up at Tentuck, a win at the Door Car Race at Huntsville, and now a win at the Drive for Five. Like. That's a pretty incredible, what, five-week stretch there? Yeah, really, really strong start for Bo. And it was extra special Friday night. Uh, he had a, a friend at the racetrack with him whose wife had just recently, very recently passed away. And they were doing it in remembrance of her. And really special win for Bo. Pretty emotional. Really, really cool experience to, to see him get that done. And Saturday, um, again, another couple of guys that's... <laughs> Seen a lot of final rounds in their time. Neon Leon gets it done over David Taylor. Leon was in the Monza. I was just about David to Taylor. that, in the Monza. Yep, David Taylor in his dragster. So uh, it was a good final round for those guys with Leon getting a win. And Sunday was uh, Mark Swarner, a guy doing it in a low seven-second big-tire Nova. But you don't see a lot of those guys winning anymore. Not a lot of them out there, but he gets it done over Chris Cadle and the um, Crick family dragster. So uh, Mark cracked me at uh, nine cars yesterday and uh, made an early exit, I think third round in Saturday's race. I didn't get to race Friday, had to work, but uh, Nova, Nova performed well, uh, just got beat up on. It was really tough racing up there. Track was on keel. Uh, weather was right, uh, wind was not a major factor, and everybody was double owing it and dead on. It was it was pretty rough. Randy Biddle Jr. will attest to that. He he had a brutal weekend. I mean, laying down really good laps, but just his guys were like better than six, uh, like eight out of ten runs. Or something. <laughs> it was pretty wild, but really good racing. Good job by Bones and Andy and the guys at Huntsville Engine and uh, the guys at Huntsville Dragway always do a great job. 
what? Jed, I'm glad to hear that you had stable wind and weather conditions in Huntsville, <laughs> because that's not the way that I would classify my weekend in uh, Las Vegas. We obviously <laughs> stuck around. We ran the national event a week ago. We talked about that last week. The Springfield Million is coming up. We've talked about that a little bit. We'll talk about it a little bit more. But this past weekend, I ran the NHRA Division 7 event here at uh, Las Vegas Motor Speedway. And the easiest way to put this for those of you that, that have run some super class racing or have been to a race where you tried to dial blind, you know, on a, on a morning run, don't have a time draw. Your last run was the day before. The air, we ran first round Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, I should say. When we staged for second round on Sunday morning, the, the density altitude was like 2,400 feet better. Okay, so significant cold front came in, which that's not unprecedented. I mean, that's a big swing, but, you know, I've seen that before. What I have never done is come into a round where the air is that much better and had less in the throttle stop timer than I had the day prior. The air is 2,400 feet better, and I have sped my car up. Why? Because Because (laughs) on Saturday, we had a 30 to 40 mile an hour direct tailwind all day long. And really all day Friday as well. On Sunday, when the cool front came in and the air got so much better, we had a 25 to 30 mile an hour direct headwind. Oh, my goodness. My wife got to make a by run fourth round. Air's pretty similar to what it was in the morning with that wind. She was down four mile an hour from her time run on Friday. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> in a That's dragster. tough racing, it, Yeah, it ain't like you're in a big, wide Buick stock eliminator car. She's in a dragster, four miles an hour. Yeah, it was, oh. it was pretty crazy. But uh, my weekend was unimpressive, to say the least. Like, a lot of it obviously had to do with conditions. I didn't feel particularly comfortable in dialing really either car, specifically my Corvette. So I guess my flaw as a superclass racer in those situations, my tendency is to just hold a bunch and say, oh, I'm going to beat my opponent on the tree and take a little bit. That's a really good plan, except when your opponent's double O on the tree and under. <laughs> I staged for four rounds of competition. My four opponents were all double O on the tree and under. <laughs> so oh. I made the correct decision twice in my dragster and dropped and got behind. Uh, twice I tried to take the stripe, and my execution was pretty solid. Super gas first round, I was 12, take nothing. My opponent was double O four and under, so obviously I was further under. In uh, Super Comp third round, I was 16, take five. My opponent was 009 and under, so I was further under. Thankfully for me, (laughs) my wife uh, carried the flag for Team Bogak. She didn't win the event, but she got down to nine cars, which doesn't sound like much at a division race typically, but nine cars was fifth round. There was 130-some-odd Super Comp cars here. I think that that uh, has more to do with Spring Fling than anything we'll see here in a couple of days. But Jess did great. Got down to nine, drove well. Her car was awesome. She got a little shot of confidence, so that was good to see uh, and fun to be a part of. Yeah, but uh, the people that, uh, that did way better than we did, the winners from here in Las Vegas, Kyle Rizzoli, who was my neighbor for the week, or for the two weeks, got the win in Superstock. Not only did he win in Superstock, I think he was more excited to win the semifinal than the final because the semifinal win light secured him a spot in the Jags All-Stars uh, in Chicago. Awesome. This is the last uh, Division Seven race for the All-Stars, so I was happy for Kyle and good to see him get the win in Superstock. Stock Eliminator was late. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so every time hashtag Team Luke does well, we... 
we make oh, mention of it, but that that was your superstock rep, wasn't it? Kyle Rizzoli is Team Jed. Ah, I was we, trying we're just to gonna blow past that. Him past that. So okay, yeah. <laughs> good job. Kyle. I, he actually told me yesterday. I think he was in the quarterfinals at Phoenix uh, National Event. Went a few rounds at the other division race. I believe that was Phoenix also. So he's putting together a pretty good score there. So he might be yeah. onto something there, Big Jed. Welcome back, Rizzoli. <laughs> Stock eliminator win here. The Wally went home with Larry Gilly, uh, another guy that's no stranger to uh, holding them, hold, smiling for the cameras with his Wally out here on the West Coast, as well as Thomas Bayer. Thomas uh, Tom Bayer won uh, Super Comp. Uh, another one's no surprise. Casey Plazier got the win. Uh, little transplant came down here from Division Six. Got the win in Super Gas. Knocked off my K and N Filters teammate Steve Williams in the final. Super Street was a guy I think you're familiar with, Mark uh, Simonian. Yep. Got the got the victory in the 1090 class. Top sportsman uh, was not Ed Open. Ed was here. I watched him. Uh, <laughs> he actually wasn't in the final. So uh, I don't know what happened. Didn't see the run. Huge shock. Because normally we're just talking about Ed winning. Uh, I actually got to meet uh, Ed and his son this weekend, talk to them a little bit. They're listeners to the podcast, so that was cool. Awesome. Um, so shout out to those guys. But the top sportsman uh, hardware this week went home with Brian Ware. Top dragster winner was Chris Thode, Thode, T-H-O-D. Sorry, Chris. Not sure exactly how to pronounce that, but congrats on your win. <laughs> that's uh, Alabama. That's Alabama word. Like I throwed, <laughs> not, I throwed the football. So. <laughs> Sorry. That's a good one. And then they actually did something really cool here. Again, I think this is uh, largely due to the fling coming up, but I think there was 60-something entrants in top dragster. You guys heard me talk last week. I was considering running Top Dragster. I watched the first session and realized that that was not a good idea, uh, seeing as I might could go 725 here, and the bump after one session was like 702. So I, I opted to stay in Super Comp, where I probably belong. But they had a ton of entries trying to get in. Both Top Dragster and Top Sportsman both were full. They're 48 car fields. I know Top Dragster had 60 plus. Top Sportsman obviously had over 50. So what Mike Rice and the Division 7 team did here so that those guys weren't just having to go home as non-qualifiers, they were able to develop another class, basically. They called it Top Comp. It was for strictly for non-qualifiers and top dragster and top sportsmen. I think it was an extra 100 bucks they could enter. It was 100% payback. Plus, there was a ton of um, area... Mm-hmm businesses that pitched in and put in uh, put more money on the pot i think it may have ended up paying more to win top comp than it did to win top dragster um <laughs> but uh, it was neat to see it was cool for those guys and the the winner in top comp was uh, was shane thompson uh, no surprise to the west coast racer shane's a very accomplished and very good racer on the side of the country uh, he was going 740s in his beautiful uh, i think new uh, race tech car so shane got the win in uh, what is top comp here at vegas yeah good uh, good way good momentum for Shane but rolling into the playing he'll be uh, he'll be there in full force this weekend uh, another uh, divisional race uh, held down at no problem in Belle Rose Louisiana uh, super stock was David Latino getting a win David won his share down that part of the country or all over the, the southwest um, stock eliminator was Justin Hutto yeah, proud to see little Hutto getting the win. He's uh, not far removed from his junior dragster career. I think we'll be hearing more about him in the future as well. Cool. Uh, super comp was Coy Collier. Yeah, kicking uh-huh. Steve out of the dragster, it looks like. Coy's another young gun uh, coming up in Division 4 that's already had great success. 
Yeah, super gas with Shannon Brinkley. They call him Elvis. <laughs> you know everybody, don't you, but Super Street, uh, well, that's, that last name's tough on me, but uh, is that Hoosiers? I'm going to say that's more of an Indiana name than an Alabama game. I'll, I'll go with Chris Hoosiers <laughs> getting the win at Super Street. Close enough. Uh, top sportsman Lance Rutland gets the win. The wind. The win. Top dragster was Ross Laris. And then um, Super Stock, Stock Combo was Brandon Bakey's. Oh, yeah, I like I that. Saturday night bonus. You, that, that's, that, one, that one rings true for you, huh, Bakey's? Yeah, I like Bakey's. That's a, <laughs> great, that'd be a top five last name for sure. Any event I'm working. Uh, Megan Meyer got a big win in alcohol dragster too. Typically, don't mention those classes, but uh, yeah, I think that's a see. couple for her this year. So they might be a force to be reckoned with. I'd be happy to see that. I like that family. Yeah, good to see her get that done. And then uh, we talked about division race out here in Division Seven. Uh, we talked about division race down south in Division Four. Division Two was in action at Galat. With I think it's already the fourth Division Two event of the season. And I thought we were talking about this a little, a little bit earlier, Jed Offair. This was a unique setup because. It, it appears that the majority of the classes were run on the 1,000-foot, which I think is a first for an NHRA division race. Um, yeah. I know last year, it's the first time they went to Galat, and it was 8th Mile, uh, one of the first actually advertised NHRA 8th Mile races as well. I know a few have been shortened in the past, but it was one of the first that I'd seen actually like come. It's going to be an 8th Mile race. This year extended most classes a thousand foot. It looks like stock and super stock were eighth mile, and I can only assume that's because maybe they don't have 1,000-foot indexes for all the classes. Yeah, but uh, top dragster, top sportsman, all the super classes were on thousand foot. So I thought that was interesting, especially interesting for like Kent Hanley won super stock. Kent Hanley also runs super comp. So like you got two pretty unique skill sets to begin with. You're letting go of a trans brake on the bottom in super stock and a full body car. Mm-hmm. You're letting go on a pro tree and an open cockpit dragster in super comp, and then just add into that like. You just got to take a deep breath when you pre-stage and go, okay, all them lights are going to come on at once, and I got to go all the way to the end. <laughs> and then you come back in Superstock, okay, just look at the bottom one, and we're just racing to the eight. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's is, much it, going on there. So That is quite the contrast in styles, <laughs> for sure. But uh, results from the lot. Little John is, uh, we talked about how hot, nasty Nick Hastings and, and Bo Boatner are. Little John's putting on a show over there on the TV side as well. I believe that's his third divisional win of the season. He got the win in Super Gas over Fuzz, Steve Furr. A uh, heck of a race in the final. Little John's 006, dead on seven. Fuzz was four. Looks like he dropped to three above. But again, I think that's two Super Gas Wallies on the divisional side for Little John this year to go along with one in Super Comp, if I'm not mistaken. So off to a hot start there as well. Yeah, and then there was a time if you had told me that Little John would pick class racing at a divisional over a race that guaranteed a quarter of a million dollars in the same region of the country. I would have told you you were crazy, but he's probably gotten his fire lit over the last couple of two or three years for the the class racing and doing well at it as he does in anything he chooses. So it was a little bit odd to see him doing that instead, but he's he's making it work for him for sure. Yeah, I can't say much. I was in Las Vegas racing for $3,000 instead of being at the Powerball. So. Yeah, well, that's a tough trip to make, <laughs> having to do both. But but no, like, to your point, like when Little John started running Super Comp and Super Gas, I would have bet a significant amount of money that he would have been a world champion before now. 
And and it's like you say, I, obviously there's a learning curve to that stuff, but he's so talented. But it yep. looks like maybe this is the year that all of that's coming together. Like it, he's going to make a run at this in both classes, which is obviously Jeff Strickland did it last year. Scott Richardson did it once, but to and I don't, don't I don't want to put the cart in front of the horse. We're only we're in April, but like he's going to be a threat in Super Comp and Super Gas as this winds down. Because obviously, him being at Galat over Darlington tells me how committed he is to it, and we know how talented he is. And with Anthony yep. Spertozzi's stuff, how good of equipment he's in, maybe this is the year that that all comes together. Yeah, probably so. <clears throat> Superstock at uh, at Galat, as I alluded to earlier, Kent Hanley got the win. Pretty impressive uh, string of reaction times. He was 51 round. Other than that, his worst lamp was 19 on the bottom. Pretty salty there. He knocked off Chad Taylor in the final Not round. Not just that, Luke. He had a 9,000th window outside of the 150 bulb. Yeah, that's true. He was never double O. Uh, never better yeah. than 10, never worse than 19. <laughs> so kudos to, uh, to Mr. Hanley. Stock eliminator, my buddy Jeff A. Jeff Atkinson, the peanut farmer out of Damascus, Georgia, uh, got the win over Jason Line. Yes, that Jason Line. Uh, Jeff A. <laughs> over Jason Line and Stock at Galat. All due respect to the the multi-time NHRA Pro Stock World Champion. Got some work to do on the bottom bulb. Yeah, the box uh, score doesn't. It's not as impressive as Ken Hanley's, but I mean. He, he is a former stock eliminator world champion, so we'll give him some credit. And he only gets to do this maybe once or twice a year. So yeah, kudos for getting to the final, no less. J line. Yeah, job well done. But uh, Jeff Atkinson, great to see, great to see Jeff get it done. Uh, what other classes we got here? I'm sorry, I got got lost on the. On yeah, the I sheet, was leaving but... top dragster for you because I don't know if this is a misprint. I have no idea how to pronounce this man's name. I'm sorry, oh whoa whoa! So I'll right. let you go with top dragster. <laughs> that looks like Brian Younce, but it doesn't have an E on the end, so it's like Yonk. Yeah, I'm thinking so, it might be Young, and they just got the type. Oh. I don't know, but Brian Younce, Young. <laughs> Brian, good job, man. Congratulations. Pretty nasty box score there as well. 17 in the yeah. final. Other than that, 4, 11, 2, 1,000 foot, making nice runs. Knocked off uh, Vance Houston in the final round of Top Drag Strip a lot. Good to see Vance getting there as well. Uh, Clayton Roberts getting the uh, getting the win in. Um, oh shoot, what class was that, Luke? That was uh, Super Stock Top Sportsman. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Clayton Roberts in Top Sport. Oh, I see Sandy Wilkins uh, hashtag Team Luke. Uh-huh. Yeah, fourteen dead nine there for Roberts and uh, fifteen and six thou under for Wilkins. Sandy, another good start for Sandy there in Top Sportsman. Yeah, pretty good little race there in the final as well. Super comp, again, back to the 1,000-foot with a 765 index. Not too often that we see a 765 index for super comp, so take a little getting used to. But uh, Robert Houston, uh, we talked about Vance Houston getting the runner-up in top drags. It was Robert getting the win in super comp over a red-lighting Franklin D. Bartolomeo. I got that right? Yeah. Yeah, you hear it a little bit different ways pronounced, but I think it is D. Bartolomeo. Well done. Fair enough. And we had a Division Two Super Street race that Jonathan Anderson did not win. <laughs> did he not show up? I don't see his name on the sheet anywhere. I'll, I'll Well, let's give Jonathan benefit of the doubt and say, you know what? He wasn't interested in that 1,000 foot. But I would say with the All-Stars and everything like that, he was probably there. Yeah, just every once in a while, it won't even go well for the best, I guess. But Travis Bryant got the win. The 935 index, how about that? David Owen, guy that does well in Super Street category himself with the one thou red, costing him a victory there. One little chiclet. 
Last week, we talked about the last big thing, and we talked about our last five nominees, right? We had Don Boulware, we had Mike McKinney, Greg Berba, Tim Buckley, and who am I forgetting, Jed? Randy, Randy French. French. Randy French. And guys, this was unbelievably close. Like, the winner, I believe, had 79 votes. All five had a minimum of 50 like yeah. it was very close and, and first and second was separated by literally three votes. So kudos to everybody for participating in this and all of the family members involved that put our accomplishments and credentials together and had so much fun with this. But uh, our, it's official. Our sportsman drag racing podcast last big thing is Don Bulware of Irving, Texas. Yep. I spoke to Don earlier today. Uh, we're going to. Have him on the show next week and chat with him a little bit, but super nice gentleman. Uh, he was humbled. He was appreciative, and he actually made the comment that uh, he said, 60 and over, there's a lot of 60-year-olds out there still doing it and doing it well that he can't compete with or ever how he put it. He said, if this was 75 and over, I would have felt you know, a little more deserving, but I assure you, 60 and over, he's as good as there is. Uh, had a lot of love out there for Don, and uh, it's deservedly so. He's he's a great gentleman, and looking forward to having him on the show next week and talking about it. And Randy French coming up, just a few votes short. Another guy that we all love down in this part of the country. So good to see Randy get some love out there. He almost got it done. Actually, Danny Weaver, his grandson, texted me today and said, when will the, the last big thing be announced? And, of course, I knew who the winner was, but I, I just couldn't Didn't have the heart couldn't say it, anything. No, I couldn't do it. And I just told him it, it'll be announced on the show, and, and he'll hear this tomorrow when the show is released or whenever you release it. Before we close out, uh, and like I say, I'm with you. I'm really looking forward to having Mr. Bulware on uh, next week. It's been several years since I really sat down and talked with Don, but like I mentioned last show, he was a fixture of uh, of my youth at Texas Raceway, so I look forward to catching up with him. Definitely good yeah. people. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm here, Las Vegas, uh, as my son would say, Las Vegas Motor Speedway. He has said that it's like his thing. He, he likes to read the signs. But we are here for the Spring Fling Million. It's an electric atmosphere already. I know last, last week we had a little bit of fun trying to pick out who we thought would win the Powerball. Um, yeah, I was right. Uh, yeah. We had Cameron on earlier. <laughs> uh, talked to him a little bit about that victory. But, uh, the, the one thing I want to talk about, there were at least a handful of racers that were at Darlington and raced in the Powerball on Saturday and are either yeah. here right now as we record this on Monday night, which I don't think is humanly possible. But it, 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 I would say it wasn't unless I, I saw them with my own eyes uh, and a couple more on the way. And I just want to give a tip of the cap to the, the Ironmen that have set out and made that trip and actually supported both of these events because, as we've talked about, I ain't man enough to do it. As one guy driving, I, I couldn't go from Darlington to Las Vegas. But uh, Gary Williams and Mikey Bloomfield made the trip kind of team drove two drivers i don't the, the truck had could not have ever been turned off from the time that they left darling they were here at nine o'clock this morning i would not have said that was possible so somebody peed in their pants on that trip let's just call <laughs> there's it no doubt just just go man <laughs> so kudos to those guys and then we talked about both of these guys earlier in the podcast but obviously nasty nick coming off the big weekend in uh, in darlington at some point he met up with uh RB3, Randy Biddle, yep. and they are on the uh, Ohio Stacker headed this way in route as we speak. And there's probably a handful more doing the same thing, Darlington to Las Vegas, my goodness. But just I, whether 
obviously Nick did great last weekend. They may all do great this weekend after that trip. I hope they do, but I wanted to give all those guys a tip of the cat just for making the journey. Yeah, and I know um, actually Bloomfield and G-Dub stopped to help Josh Green I and Zach that. Hitchcock yeah. took some, they said, parts off the race car to get the motor home running. Not, I want to hear that story. I'm looking forward to that one. <laughs> we might have to have to they, G-Dub back on for that one. Yeah, not only did they make it there fast, they stopped to help some racers in need. So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, looking, forward to, looking forward to getting out and hearing those stories. And I saw Don Butkowitz is there. He's from Pennsylvania. So that's a, a lot, lot of East Coast talent traveling out there Luke but uh, you know question is who's going to win I mean you seem to have all the answers well I don't know like Jed when they when they do this for ball games like if the commentators call in the action like they won't make a pick are, are you able to, to, to make a pick oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't necessarily like I said we pick five I, I almost I feel a little bit awkward here obviously you're working the race I'm competing in it uh, like I'm picking me but you know I mean I, I feel like we need to make some picks but uh, five's I don't I don't really want to go on record with anything, but do you have a feeling? Like, is there anybody that you just say, I just have a feeling that so-and-so is going to hoist that trophy? Well, I, I don't know if it's a feeling, but I, I know there's a lot of talent on the West Coast. The East Coast came out yes, last year and collected the, the biggest payday. West Coast has been stymied a little bit, so I think they're going to make their comeback this year and claim the big check. And I would say it's either going to be Mark Kidd or Chris Whitfield. I'm going to go with one of those two guys. Those to, are very solid picks. And, and I, I agree with you to some extent. I think the left coast is due to make some noise here. Most all of the, the big trophies went back east last year. And just in sheer volume and number, like we're way outnumbered out here. And the West Coast yeah. racers don't get enough respect. Like there's some guys out here that are more than capable of taking down that big money, and that's two of them, oh, yeah. especially Mark Kidd and Chris Whitfield could win anywhere. Um, so that that wouldn't be a, a shock a bit. For me, I, I I thought about obviously I'm here, I, my stuff's really good. I feel like I as big a threat to win as anybody, and it's winning a million is the I don't. This is going to sound all wrong, like. It's the one thing that's kind of on my bucket list that I've never done. So maybe I'm maybe I'll put too much pressure on myself, but I feel like I've got as good a shot as anybody, and it would mean a ton to me. Not even forget the money aspect of it, and, and realistically, it would pay off my house. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard to, to say, not thinking about the money aspect of it, but just the the putting that mantle on the wall would mean a ton to anybody. But there's going to be probably 300 people here thinking the exact same thing it's True. hard not to have a feeling about jeff Verdi. i saw him roll in with the virginia stacker earlier he got two shots this year it would if you'd asked me this time last year like how improbable would it be for a guy to tow from virginia with an open trailer and win the million i'd say that'd be pretty improbable <laughs> and then if yeah. you'd asked me six months ago and that guy that drove all the way to las vegas and won the million how improbable would it be if he won another one in Montgomery, and I'd say, that, that's, a, that's a long shot. So it's silly to sit here and say, Jeff Hardy can't do it again. Like, he can. You know what I mean? And if yeah. you were, if, if we're in Vegas, if they're putting odds on it, I think he's the odds-on favorite, uh, just based on history. But we talked about just having a feeling. My buddy, Disco Dean, went rear-end over tea kettle like four times Saturday night, mm. right? Um, in his red race car or whatever you call that thing, stinky pinky. <laughs> and just to me, Disco is, is, is more than capable of winning anywhere that he goes. Um, you know, bracket racing, grudge racing, whatever. 
But like we kind of talked about this off air, like Disco's life from the outside, like it just looks like a reality show, right? It really does. And you couldn't script better drama than to just crash, destroy everything, and less than a week removed from that, win the million. And to me, that's like that's Disco's life. Like that's the way this ought to go down. So that's my pick. I don't know if it's gonna be in the blown dragster or the or the Candy Crush. He's winning this thing. My Disco all the way. So yeah, he, that would definitely be a story, and you're right. That would be so disco. So <laughs> uh, definitely glad to see he got through the the accident uh, unscathed, and uh, the videos are uh, are just classic. I mean, oh, classic. I mean, they're they're epic. <laughs> if you like have always. not seen this, get on. I think it's the Stinky Pinky Facebook page. You have to see particular the one that just had me rolling was the the aftermath <laughs> video where he's in the neck brace and arms in a sling and everything. <laughs> Oh, Disco, you're awesome, buddy. I hope you're listening to this. <laughs> his props were wooden spoons to keep his <laughs> arms propped up. It was so good. So, uh, that would be cool to see Disco get the ultimate redemption and come out and win the million. It's going to be a great, great time. Looking forward to seeing you out there, Luke, and everybody else. Uh, like I say, I'll get out there Wednesday evening, probably rolling the track about six or so, and y'all be well underway um, with a with a great start to the to the event. The race is awesome. starting on Wednesday. I can't wait. All right, bud. Well, let's uh, take care of a little business here. want to let everybody know that today's podcast has been presented in part by Luke Bogacki Motorsports. I know that uh, guy. Yeah, great guy. Luke's a dealer for quality products from, you know, about a dozen manufacturers, guys. So these are manufacturers he's worked with. He trusts them in his own team cars, and you should, too. If you have a need for products from K&N Filters... APD, BTE, Flowfast, AirTech, Moser Engineering, Olin Shocks, KNR Performance Engineering, Autometer, or Deedon Bear. I use a lot of those products myself and I've bought a lot of that stuff from Luke. You should contact Luke Bogacki Motorsports as well on Facebook or give Luke a call at 256-679-8328. Yeah! All right, guys, that wraps up episode 21. I want to say thanks to our sponsors. Uh, again, these are the people that bring our podcast to you every week. This is Bracket Racing Elite, Racing RVs, and Luke Bogacki Motorsports. We'd also like to thank our guest, Cameron Manuel. He was uh, part of a life-changing event and come out on top and Great interview there by Cameron. Glad to have him on the show. Definitely want to say thanks as well to PJ North for providing the tunes and doing our intro. Uh, if you're not familiar with PJ's work, check him out. You can find him on iTunes. And don't forget that we plan to release a new podcast every week of the calendar year. So stay tuned for plenty more going forward. To get that latest episode of the podcast before your friends, be sure to subscribe to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast wherever it is that you find your favorite podcast. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, rate and review the podcast. That's how we move up in the metrics so more people can find us. If you don't like what you hear, let us know how we can deliver a better show. And finally, be sure to join the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast fan page on Facebook to interact and become part of the conversation this week. Those of you that are out here on the left coast, we're seeing me and Jed at the fling this weekend. Look forward to that. I got a lot of uh, feedback 
comments, uh, compliments on the podcast out here. It's always neat to interact with people that we don't see all the time. So uh, look forward to that. And those of you that uh, are not making your way to Vegas, good luck, safe racing wherever you're at this weekend. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening. And, Luke, I'll see you in a day or two, bud. Sounds good. We're here. All right, guys. Have a great week. This is way alive. Banging on the door. Bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Foot breaking in anything. Bottom bobbing for a 10. I'm rolling in the cutty. Switching feet like Jerry Pennington. Towers in my truck. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.